Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Conversations Awakening Your Authentic Self for Soul Growth. And today is the 19th of June, and the conversation really focuses on the summer solstice, which is happening in two days on the 21st. Happens twice. Well, we have solstices twice a year. Solstice, the word, important to understand. It comes back from soul, which refers to the sun, and stis, which means stop. And that's our apparent relationship and view witnessed from earth it's not actually happening but tropic means to turn and that's very involved here because it's the sun because of our orbit going around our tilt you know we're tilted at 23 degrees at 26 minutes often rounded off to the half degree but that tilt means that at different times of the yearly annual orbit, we're pointing closer or further away from the sun. And that all depends, if you're still with me on this visual context, either above the equator or below the equator, which is the opposite experience. Meaning we have a winter solstice, which is usually about December 21st, and a summer solstice, which we are now discussing. And it could be said that these energies last potentially for six months, along with a myriad of other big focal points. So it's in the backdrop. It's like energies. It's a seed energy that once again gets renewed when there's that stopping point, you might say, because the sun seems to pause at that moment and then come back for three days. Well, when it occurs, And that is when the sun actually reaches zero degrees cancer is at 214. Actually, it's rounded off. It's just at 214 a.m. in the Pacific Northwest. And that's where this is broadcasted through. However, in Greenwich, where the clock, the man-made clock, the humanity-made clock, is is situated for the world well almost the entire world we won't discuss that right now i'm sorry i i elaborate because there's a few little pockets on the earth that say nah, 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 we got our own time but it's at 9 14 a.m so if you want to know the time zone for your home go to talkcosmos.com at the very bottom is a it, it'll tell you there's a locator Okay, so astrology clocks cycles, and there are definite astronomical relationships correlating with astrology. And today, we have five wonderful astrologers that will join in this panel, all familiar for Talk Cosmos, and so grateful to have joining us again. And I'll do perhaps alphabetically by their first name, it's always a choice. Israel Ahosi, who has a diploma in psychology astrology from and lives in London, is the president at this time of 
Astrological Lodge of London. And he studied with full honors in psychological astrology at the Center of Psychological Astrology in London with Liz Green. He's a full-time practitioner, teacher of astrology, tarot philosophy, and esoteric teachings, and has international students and clients. And Israel also includes cosmology, mythology, occult sciences, Kabbalah, shamanism, and divination. Divination, pardon me, my tongue. So thank you, Israel. It's so great to have you again. And and on the panels, this is really a treat. And when you- thank you for having me. Great to be here, as always. A wonderful energy. Looking forward to it. Oh, goody. We have Justin Crockett-Elsie living in Port Angeles, Seattle. He's an archetypal astrologer, teacher, author, combines Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology and specializes in predictive, electional, karmic astrology and does research in arcane astrological concepts, focusing on mystical occult side. And he's a certified Aroma, help me here, Nathan. I, my tongue, I, I don't know Aroma English therapist. very well. Thank you. Essential <laughs> oil specialist and herbalist. And it's great to have you again. I Thank you, Sue. So. Thank you, Sue. So. Yeah. Then we have Karen Wenderlin. And Karen, for about 30 years, because I don't think you've updated my bio, you've been involved with business, astrology, tarot, mythology, metaphysics, mediumship, and you have a client-based teaching classes and study groups and in Western and Uranian astrology as a consultant also. And you're located in Seattle, Washington. And Karen's been on the board's many boards, Washington State Astrology Association in every capacity, Kepler College, the great online college, and Camp Edgeworth, Church of Divine Grace, Spiritualist Association of Churches, and the treasurer now of Vedic Astrology, Council of Vedic Astrology. So wonderful expertise in many capacities, and I'm always grateful for you too. Thank you. Thanks so much. Sue, I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> then we have Liz Elizabeth Mouchette from Camino Island, Washington, professional astrologer, intuitive, numerology, and tarot. Does consultations, author, blogger, sacred healing counselor, international Reiki master teacher, and tutors and teaches internationally and lectures and also on panels. So thank you, Liz. It's great. And Thanks. it's great to be here. <laughs> yes. And last and never least is Marie O'Neill. Marie, in this case, M is the last initial out of my little category. And you're founder of Padma Life Coaching, located in Santa Rosa, California. And you're a life coach, astrologer, speaker coach, past life regression facilitator, and lecturer. You're also on the, a distinguished Toastmaster through Toastmasters International on the board of directors with Ted X Sonoma County, astrologer mentor with the Forest Center of Evolutionary Astrology. I don't think I said that right. Astrology. 
<laughs> he is. And published a book, as several have here. Your book was And the Lotus Opened. And you also are beginning your, for several years now, your virtual healing retreats with changing dates. So thank you. It's always a treat. So here we have, yes, our five great astrologers. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. We are celebrating light in this northern hemisphere, hemisphere a lot of light. <laughs> we're, we're still in the shadow period of retrograde. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Let's look at the chart and somebody can begin their thoughts on this. Here are the individuals. This is in Greenwich. Immediately what comes to mind is for the world, we have 11th house energy of networking. Here we are again, as an illustration of that. And with all this beginning energy in the eighth of looking at our shadows, beaming that light in where it's determined to go in its airy like fashion. Does anybody have something they would like to begin this conversation with? Well, I'd like to say all of all people who are of the cardinal persuasion, fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like it. I don't know about the helmets, but definitely the seatbelts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an energy with cardinal because it's, it's, it's that energy that shifts everything. It's, it's taking action. It's you know, we've, we're heralding in summer or we're heralding in winter. We're, you know, we're heralding in the seasons and there's an antsiness and uh, wanting to get things done. Yeah. It's a glorious time, I believe. I, I believe that we're all going to be really busy. Yeah. <sighs> Israel, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, you know, I couldn't have said it better. Um, and and what actually, uh, you know, somewhat strikes me is that uh, looking at the dispositor for that sun, which is ingressed into zero degrees cancer, which is ruled by the moon, uh, the moon is also in Aries, um, you know, or with Jupiter. We know Mars is there also as well. So again, you know, it's it's just more cardinal. So I, I get the sense that we we've got this initiating a cardinal water sign, and then beneath that we've got some fire. <laughs> so oh, steam! We, we, yes. We've got a, a nice uh, 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 water fire blend, <laughs> you know, on some kind of level. So um, yeah, we I, I feel yeah we do need to definitely uh, embrace ourselves because I feel we're going to be experiencing um, so, so, some, some hot, hot water. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Indeed. 
I'm seeing immediately the nurturing part of this potentially because Chiron also that wounded sense of alchemy yeah. of that's also there in Aries is is intention with our series like our nurturing of what's sustaining. So there's a lot yeah. of healing potentially. That's but with yeah. that thought, I know the other either Justin, Liz, or Karen. What's your first thoughts on? any or this <laughs> so my thoughts were that with the cardinal being the representation of our ability to connect to other people and other places in the world it's and with both the sun and the moon on cardinal point on those really strong strong cardinal points um the aries point there's you know, there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of conversation that goes on. Um, and for the next three months, at least, a real focus on what's really important in our life, some fear about money, some fear about stability. And, um, and yet there's this great desire to begin something that is the nurturing that is going to fulfill the needs that we have for ourselves and our families. Mm, that's good. Yeah, Justin? that's good. Yeah, you know, yeah. as I was looking at this chart, I, it, it, it dawned on me as we're stepping forward into a new phase here, there is sort of this pause. Because if we look at this chart, the moon is actually waning. It's in that last quarter square. It's squaring the sun. And it's what's in that phase is called the crisis of consciousness. And it's calling us to, before we step over that threshold, to reevaluate some things here. And this is definitely supported by that that Virgo ascendant, which is ruled by Mercury, and it wants to improve and make things better. But I think what really supports that sort of that pause before we go into a new section here is Saturn. Saturn is just like it's squaring the those nodes, it's squaring Uranus, and it's opposing the the ascendant. So there is something that we have to do before we move forward here about changing somewhat of our reevaluation and 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 kind of checking our perspective you know our past experience before we move on into the next into the next cycle here so it tells me that that we've got to pay attention to those squares that saturn is telling us whoa wait a second i'm retrograding you have to do a real you know kind of some reevaluation here before we um move over that threshold into the new into the summer that really supports also this whole idea of the South Node in Scorpio with all our relationships of exchanging resources. And Liz, I know you always have a thought here, but whether it is in context or something extra, yeah, to add to the whole mix. Well, I want to go and look at Uranus conjunct the Midheaven, the North Node, Pallas Athena, Venus, and Sedna. Uh, it's like, to me, it's really highlighting female energy. I mean, it could be women, but we all have a female part to us. And as we can, as has been mentioned before, Saturn is square all that. So it's like the tradition, the old guard wants to keep things a certain way, but the women or the female energy is all gathering together and has Uranus with it 
to help open and break through to something new. Wow. Yes, breakthrough. Yeah. Well, and and I agree with that completely, Liz. The uh, the idea of those old entrenched patterns, you know, the fixed element of uh, you know, this is these are just things that we do by habit. And now we're being asked to really look at them consciously and go, oh, why did I make that choice? You know, what else is possible here? Because the choices are, I mean, there's a zillion choices out there. Um, and and I think we're being called to really choose wisely. You know, and what does that mean? That means something different for every person and all the and countries and, um, yeah. You yeah, know, and it's, comes, yeah. um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's all right. What comes to mind was just a meeting I had today. I was reflecting on the idea that we have Pluto in Capricorn still finishing up its last few degrees. And it takes a long time. It won't be finished till I think it's. 2024. 2024. Yeah. So, but, but it is, we know Pluto is with um, garbage recycling, uh, composting, you know, it's, it's re it's transforming things. And, yeah. and my meeting today in our condo association here in, in Hawaii on the big Island, we had a recycling, we have a recycling committee. We, they do very, Hawaii does very little recycling. And so this was here, we're trying to, it, it seems very appropriate as an example. Here, we're trying to get the old guard. It's a very conservative board that we have. And a lot of it are, are rentals. Not everybody lives here. And what I'm getting at is, is that it's a matter of trying to ch transform that Saturnian structure into embracing something that would be elevated, like recycling, which is so much like with the the Plutonian energy of, of, of our material goods. And so it, and it is a matter of changing consciousness as part of this example that I think lends itself, as you were saying, Karen, with all the options and what we're all discussing, because it's changing the idea of trash to resources. You know, it's always that old adage, you know, somebody else's trash is somebody else's yeah. gifts. But really, it is this new perspective. And I wonder with all that Aryan story, uh, cardinal energy with the moon in this instance or emotional or belief systems of Jupiter or wounds that we're trying to recalibrate how to make them useful and our direction mm -hmm. with Mars is all working to uh, uh, change that yeah consciousness mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really you know, it's interesting. <laughs> For me, when I look at, say, Pluto or any sign that is getting ready to shift into another sign, mm -hmm. we tend to have a lot of hope and a lot of aspiration for what will occur in that new sign, which is absolutely wonderful. At the same time, we can only achieve what we take into that next sign is based on what we have accomplished 
in the previous sign. Yeah. And so we still, we always have to look at the shadow and be very careful about it. When I look at Pluto, of course, I see Pluto as the wound in evolutionary astrology. It is the, and this wound is, of course, is in the sixth house in this chart, which would be the day-to-day operations, the, you know, how we're getting the work done day-to-day. The wound is there. And yes, there has to be a shift. And, And when you look at Pluto and Capricorn, you, of course, have to go to Saturn, which is also in that house. What we want to do is not, of course, throw the baby out with the bathwater, which means throwing out everything we've learned to embrace just complete new. We have to integrate what we learned from this sojourn in Saturn with Saturn going through Capricorn and Pluto going through Capricorn and then carry that forward. And to me, that's the shadow work that we're being asked to do with all of this eighth house energy, because that eighth house, that's Scorpio's territory. And that is the house of intimacy with ourselves, with others, that door to that particular house, which is ruled by, which is Pisces, which is Neptunian. (laughs) We're not, we really don't allow anyone into that house unless they have proved that they are trustworthy. So that goes back to the consciousness that goes back to uh, trust. I mean, in Aries, oh my goodness, Aries takes such it jumps. It's the initial, I call it the initial spark of the divine. That's where all of our ideas come from with Aries. And then that eighth house, that's pretty darn deep. And if we allow that moon to guide us, it can help us to heal, which is really one of the things we're being asked to do is heal. And if you just... Go ahead, go ahead, Justin. I was thinking those relationships is all. No, I was going to. I was going to point out that what everybody's talking about here is actually aligning right up with um, the the um, Sabian symbols and the nashatras and this again the waning moon as a reevaluation before we move into a new cycle. And to Karen's point about decision, that there's a decision to be made is that actually the 29 to 30 degrees Gemini, which if you do this this, um, this in some of the tools, it actually is not zero degrees Cancer. It's actually 29 degrees Gemini because it moves into zero degrees Cancer. But it does speak about repolarization and, and a decision that has to be made and changing one's perspective. And then to where Marie's talking about you know, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If we look at the the Sabian symbol for Saturn, it's it's talking about looking at past experiences, what worked, what didn't work, and taking what did work as we move into a new cycle, and not not and and getting rid of stuff that didn't work. Yeah. So right. everything everybody's talking about here is is lining right up with what we're yeah. all talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also just to add on to what Justin said there, uh, with the if we look at the the that moon phase like it's the last quarter, um, because there, there will be a new moon taking place in Cancer like within like a like a week after this um, 
uh, you know, summer solstice uh, um, ingress. Um, and the, the last quarter moon is all about sort of like it's it's coming to empty. It's it's a waning moon. So waning moons are always about emptying something out or letting something go. Um, it's also pretty much you know it's 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 on the square also as well. So there is a square between the moon and the sun also as well. So this could also indicate that it is time to kind of let go or release of something, but. It may come with a bit of a challenge, may come with a bit of a struggle, especially since it's in the sign of Aries also as well. So it may be something that we've really got to put some, uh, we, we do need a bit of fire, a bit of energy that can really sort of like motivate us and push us um, into letting go of uh, uh, whatever is no longer working for us, as Justin said, or um, it, it's no longer serving a purpose for us. Uh, uh, for us to be able to move in. So there's kind of like a end of the old in with the new energy here, um, uh, which are, and they're both working side by side in, in, in many ways uh, with the solstice and then all those planets again in Aries and, uh, you know, what has been said previously with the whole Pluto situation. And, and just to say also with Pluto, Pluto, I, I don't feel we've actually seen Pluto, you know, he's the god of the subterranean, the underworld, and and I think he he, he does move a bit like a mole, and I don't feel we've actually seen, actually, you know, it's kind of like the mole who's dug all these uh, uh, holes and tunnels, and 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 then we don't see it until afterwards, like oh that's what you've been doing. <laughs> you know, that, that's the holes that you've been, and I feel that we will definitely see that, because this is like the last uh, summer solstice because by the ne before next year's uh, summer solstice, Pluto would have moved into Aquarius. So we would have already got a taste or be getting a taste of what the, 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 the new again mm -hmm. to come. And then he is going to retrograde back again into Capricorn. Mm -hmm. He will be back in Capricorn by the time that, but he would have already gone into Aquarius. So I think that's also a pointer of that shift that we're about to yeah. be exploring. Beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, from yeah, from a organizational point of view or business point of view, that Pluto also represents oil and and large companies and finance or in Capricorn. And it is right now trine Venus exactly at twenty eight degrees Taurus. And that trine is really you know, it's like Gas costs a fortune right now, you know, five bucks a gallon in the U.S. at the moment. And uh, and inflation. So this is a very inflationary process. Uh, one of those points where sometimes having a benefic with a change agent like uh, Pluto or Uranus is difficult because she just makes it bigger. Thank you very much. Plus, Venus is also morning star right now. So she's in more of her aggressive element. And she's in a mood. She's in a mood. And so she wants to get it done. And she's not She's not the nice Venus right now. She is more <laughs> feisty and willing to fight over it uh, than at most times. And we have Neptune at... Uh, 25 degrees Pisces in the seventh house and that Pisces in the seventh house for groups and organizations it one of the things that 
Neptune is really good at is at dissolving connections away and apart from each other. So you may discover that there, that a lot of people around you and maybe even yourself, you're wondering who can I trust right now? And who's telling me the truth? That the seventh house is our friends, but it's also our open enemies. So it's like, ooh, who are our frenemies? You know, people we need to know, we need to have in our life, but we don't quite trust them. Yes. <coughs> So much, everybody, and we'll, it does bring back that receptive energy that I think, Liz, you started off with in one way, saying the internal processing and values of, 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 of what's so important. We'll be right back. This is Summer Solstice panel with Talk Cosmos on June 19th, and thank you, Liz, Justin, and Israel, Karen, and Marie. We'll be back. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hi, it's Dr. Laura Tad, and I wanted to let you know about my course in personal mythology. Now offered as a self-paced online class, you can explore the stories you live by and those you have inherited from your ancestors, culture, and society. This course comes with eight 30-minute check-ins with me as you move through each of the modules. Enrollment is ongoing. For more information or to register, please go to my website, mythicsky.com. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. This is Carol Dimitrov, Intuitive Astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi, we're back again. There's so many key words that came popping to mind. I just ended in repolarization, which isn't that great in a way. I was thinking that between Gemini and, and uh, Cancer, which are... Antician, Antisia, I mean, they, they do relate, which is that hidden factor, too. There's a great study class that one of Karen's students has been helping us understand that more. 
Liz, do you have some, I know you started off last time our little, and we hadn't brought up some thoughts here, but whether it's about numerology or whether it's just something that is focused cooking there to start us. Yes. Um, since, um, the sun's at zero cancer and the ascendant's at zero. To me, the zero is infinity. It's like all possibilities. It's all opportunities. Anything's possible. And then the moon has three degrees. So it's like very early degrees of the sun, the moon, and the ascendant, which are prominent points in the astrology chart. So it's like nothing is set in stone yet, but there's all these opportunities to start new yeah. things. So it reinforces that energy of what we've all been talking about of new things coming. So it's really exciting. Right. That's so mm -hmm. cool. Cause yeah, I look at that zero zero and it's like, Oh my God, that's mm -hmm. so new. That is just, yeah. Yeah. everything and, is new you don't know what yeah. you're doing yet <laughs> yeah and you know there's there's actually a concept around that zero degrees virgo zero degrees cancer and and that three degrees that beginning of aries it all is about sort of object uh how you would say the objectification of consciousness and objectivity and mm -hmm. and awareness of self and and yeah. re and a re kind of polarization as we get to that about mm -hmm. one's emotions that zero degrees cancer you know yeah something in the young stages uh, you know just 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 being seated just being yeah. born mm -hmm. ready to yep. mm -hmm. uh, ready to you know uh, you know it's it's almost like the the seeding and and the flowering also as well it's letting us know that they are. Mm -hmm part of the same part of the same fabric you know so, yeah, yeah what what has to begin has to end and yeah. there's there's that ending of the cycle that we were talking about before and there's also the beginning of the new cycle mm. and as with anything anything started right now from a business perspective would be something that would have a great deal of energy behind it and have to transform itself over right. the course of the few several years of that organization or company's business yeah. um, because it's they're just at if it starts at this time you know it's going to be it's going to need that yeah. and iranian be flexible are there iranian uh um, points to I know that in past conversations you've brought up atomus or but I didn't know what no, was important yeah. right now is there yeah. something well from that gives you the uranium points give you a lot of um, frosting okay a lot of additional information from the basics of uranium we'd look at the sun moon ascendant midheaven and that midheaven is is the most important piece of the chart in the Iranian system. And at 20 degrees of Taurus, a fixed sign, very creative energy, very, it's like, ah, this is who I want to be. Here is how I'm seeing myself. I want to be strong. I want to be stable. I want to be dependable. I want to be relied on. Mm. But you know, 
I don't know if I really trust other people to take care of me. I'm going to be a little bit reserved because Taurus mm. is like really concerned with their own resources um, because they're, they don't know exactly what they need. So they'll just kind of squirrel away everything. Thank you. Mm. And, and that is, but once they do know they have enough, they're phenomenal sharers. But it's like learning that and being in the process of that. It's like, well, what is enough in your life? What do you have more than you need? You know, where can you share? Where, whatever that is, whatever kind of resource that is that you have. I look at our resources as time, talent, energy, and money. So where do you spend those resources that you have that are the Terranian resource base. Um, and that Midheaven is, it's like it's personal, but it's undergoing dramatic change with Uranus right next to it. It's like, mm -hmm. ooh, what I thought I needed, maybe, you know, I did need that maybe eight years ago, 15 years ago, but I don't need it now. Yeah, and have yeah, having it on that ninth house side too. Yeah, it's it's something that they are. It's in school, so exactly. yeah, it's learning what it needs. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. and and the nodes right there too. That's yeah. you know yeah. that that south yeah. node on the IC that yeah. something has to be let go of before yeah. we can move forward into it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. And I suppose yeah. the ninth house also can bring in influences because that's also foreign countries it's our oh, yes. foreign affairs on a collective level and oh, yeah. we know especially due to the uh, you know situation with russia and ukraine at the moment that you know a lot of countries are now having to rearrange uh, i think that uranus may also be telling us something you know just making those unpredictable changes and rearrange mm -hmm. uh, you know sort of like uh a bit of chaos thrown into the what, what we thought oh, plan, yeah. uh, uh, and and we're having yeah. to okay. So who we're gonna trade with, and who we're gonna? I know over here right. in the UK, we you know they you know they're speaking about you know negotiations with Biden, and you know we we want to get our oil or gas from US, and you know and and various other parts of the world also as well. So I feel yeah, the, the ninth house is definitely speaking there. Um, you know yeah. um, for sure. It certainly is. And, and from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, the degree of, you know, say the 20 degrees, I was told at one point that that would represent also the maturity level of Ooh, yes. that yes. particular. There is that concept. Um, yeah, and Orton talks concept. about it a lot. Yes, that it is yeah. a development. If we were to look at our own mm -hmm. uh, planets, for instance, and put them yeah. in chronological yeah. which is right. a modality you can do i know on yeah 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 so well, i suppose also looking at the ruler of taurus there uh, venus she's at the end she's at what 28 degrees 28 she's a very mature she's very much she's coming to that uh, you know so again th right. th there seems to be a lot of significant early degrees and later degrees also as mm -hmm. well that are, you could you say know, that maybe but, but maybe she's just if she's a morning morning venus i think she's just initiating her first saturn no. return at 28 no yeah. <laughs> Sorry. no no no, no. no. 
no, 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 no. She's a morning star is uh, a wily veteran, shall we say. Yeah, and she's yeah. not taking prisoners. Yeah. I mean, no. that, 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 she's like, not. No. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she wants. Yes, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What she wants. I did not mean, I guess I was thinking back to my own um, Saturn return. Of course, I went hitchhiking and I threw everything out and that was what I did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything <laughs> mature. I just explored yeah. the world. Yeah. So I was yeah, simply thinking, yeah. yes, you're right. I mean, the, mo the, the moment Venus went, uh, turned into a morning star, uh, um, we, uh, not too long after, we had the situation with Putin, you know, uh, sparking oh, yeah. off this conflict uh, with with Ukraine. So, and and she, uh, uh, if my mind serves me correctly, Venus is still going to be a morning star up until later in the year. I think round about October before yeah. she mm. becomes an evening star again. So that that may be telling us or showing us some mm -hmm. influences, maybe around the whole conflict. Um, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. that could be around the time, maybe when they you know, come to some kind of peace treaty or negotiation and everything starts to die down a bit. Yeah. And yeah. Jupiter yeah. will then return to, to Pisces, to Pisces as well. Yeah. At the, at the end of months. October. Too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. that, that, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. True, so. I, I, I look at Venus in those later degrees and I know she's not Alice Athena, but I mm -hmm. see her. So her energy is such, um, Pallas Athena. Take no yeah. prisoner. Yeah. 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 Morning Venus. star Venus. Yeah. yeah. Morning yeah. star Venus. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and she right gets underestimated too. Oh, Almost yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody wants Venus to be the beautiful evening star that's so shiny and bright and beautiful. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, yeah, she's morning star. She's not having any of it. Um, yeah. But right now, if you can go outside just before sunrise, um, you will see phenomenal six-planet conjunction with oh. the, the Moon, Jupiter, Mars, Venus. And, right. if, and if you have a pair of binoculars, you'll even be able to see Uranus. Oh, my. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, oh, wow. Because Uranus is very close like to the that. Earth right now. So right, with right. binoculars, you could see. Um, oh, wow. It's very unusual. You can see it's been, I think, six or seven years since we've had that close a conjunction. Yeah. It was brought up right. to me by um, Sean Kelly, who's on some of the panels here, that in when we did our constitution back in 1783, pardon me if I've got this off but i know we did our constitution and you know after the war it was set 83 and then uh, yeah. yeah at any rate we had the inner planets in their own sign the domicile that in other words aries and mars venus and uh yeah and i check myself. yeah thank you and gemini in in uh, which it is right now too, which adds to what you're saying as far as this rarity. The last time recently was back in 2004, which is like a synodic cycle, right? Yeah. Almost eight yeah, yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, and we're still we're still working with the energy of our Pluto return in this in the U.S. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Be, you know. Well, and so, yeah, 
Well, it it only is giving us a taste right now. The thing with yeah. Pluto is it's going to take 20 years before you actually know what on earth what, what, is even yeah. that right. anyway. Um, yeah. But in our own personal life, we will find out much quicker than that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in society as a whole, it's going to take a long time. And that's one reason I love solstices and equinoxes, because they're places of jumping off and starting and providing energy, yeah. injecting energy and injecting um, possibility back yeah. into the psyche of us individual folk. You know, yeah. when we're, you know, we can get, really unhappy with the the world right yeah. the world but you know it is still one person at a time that the world becomes whole yeah that's quotable i yeah, like definitely. that <laughs> so, yeah. justin yeah justin i and and, Le, and liz i know you're you're contemplating something <laughs> <laughs> Why you see my eyes doing this, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it is. <laughs> no, I would just I was just gonna point out and and Liz says something. I was just gonna point out about the whole Venus morning star and, and there's a concept that when Venus and the at as as a snapshot in time shows up in the third quadrant, we with Venus in the third quadrant here, this this shows sort of the ending and beginning of of projects, um, and and so there because it is you're talking about the morning star, so there is something about that within the third quadrant there, having just risen that it it's the the ending and beginning of a cycle with Venus in that portion of the chart. It's many different echoes of this. Yeah. Oh yeah, Liz. Mm -hmm. Well, I liked what Karen said about, you know, it's like an initiation point or a, a new spot to start from. Yeah. And what Marie said about the Aries, the spark. And it's like there's this new, fresh energy. We've all been through the pandemic together as a mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And so there, it's like so we've had something, you know, that's been a struggle. And so we have this spark to help us start something new, whatever it could yeah. be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it might take a little bit of time to get it going, but it could be you start it in your basement or your garage or yeah. something. And then it's like it just grows beyond belief. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Especially, Liz, when you think about the uh, Mars and Venus are in a new cycle right now. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a brand new cycle. It's in that first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it's something is yeah. starting. Yeah. Yeah, in Israel. And let's not forget that cancer. I mean, being a, a water sign, um, I mean, the ancient Egyptians, uh, you know, identified uh, cancer with the scarab beetle. It was, uh, you know, the, it was the time of the year when they used to experience the uh, flooding of the Nile. So the Nile would flood and it would fertilize the banks of the Nile for the farmers. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah, right you got the scarab, scarab beetle. Yeah. So that, that, that's the cancer. What right are you there. saying there, woman? <laughs> well, my grandfather was an artist. He was born in 1890. Wow. Or, or maybe it was 18. There's different grandparents. I mean, actually, yeah, in 18. Anyway, yeah, long time ago. And he... Um, uh, was an artist, professional artist. And he lived relatively back east from the West Coast, 
view in Chicago and Detroit. And I believe it was Detroit has the Scarab Club is their artistic um, school. And they had all the greats. They had Diego Rivera and all kinds of people there. And they have like, they still give free classes and whatnot. But this was like a uh, an ancestral, ancestral thing oh, that wow. I now yeah. keep it on me, although oh, it's wonderful. also above the angel wings. So it's like, yeah, from <laughs> below to above, yes. Above, yeah, yeah. Well, they used yeah. to have images of the scarab with the wings in ancient Egypt also as oh, well. Oh, well, they're they very good because my husband yeah. gave me this, although where is it? Yeah, there it is. Goody. <laughs> so okay. they both are compatible. <laughs> there you go. So you got the scarab <laughs> with the wings. Um and, and and that was again, yeah, the inundation period, the the flooding of the Nile, uh, which symbolized like you know fertile. You know, water is something that is very fertile. Without it, nothing can grow. Um, so um, it it would also it also has the ability to perhaps move the seeds as well um, in, in particular regions of the soil. So it can allow the soil to to really uh, bring about so. I feel a, a lot of what we're saying here, we are identifying with um, a, 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 a new beginning uh, of, of, you know, so, uh, you know, aspects being fertile, um, fertilization. Um, but, um, you know, uh, as it was said earlier on, uh, with every new beginning, with every new growth, um, there is also an ending of some sort, which we obviously are seeing aspects of that in the chart also mm -hmm. as well. It's like mm -hmm. new beginnings, endings, you know, all happen simultaneously. So it's for us to really um, work on a particular level where we find what it is that we need to let go of, what it is that is yeah. ending in our life, what is it that we need to, uh, you know, you know, declutter or move or remove and what, what is it that what, what is what are the new seeds that we are planting? Where is the new fertility coming? What what are the new seeds that yeah. we are soaking? Uh, what part of our life is this uh, uh, solstice? This summer solstice. What part of our life is it fertilizing for us? Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, yeah, you know, absolutely on point especially. Yeah. And here we even had a an illustration with Justin leaving and coming back. Yes, it does bring fact that in that um, eighth house of the world chart that we're looking at with Chiron there in Aries, mm -hmm. that is, I think, exactly an attention point of a square with Ceres, I believe it was, right. of nurturing. And I was thinking it goes back to that water, the steam, the water mm -hmm. of of both of these nurturing pain it, it can be so associated with grief, especially yeah. in these fixed houses yeah. where there's sudden changes and there's deep um, psychology needs. But yeah. yet the promise that you're speaking here, I just love that segued out of this rebirth of whether it's scarab yeah. and the Egypt and the waters and the shifting of the seeds and yeah. allowing the culture to come in and, and working with these forces, which are so cardinal, like you say, whether we yeah. have seatbelts or, or helmets on or whatever, all of this endings and beginnings yeah. that you're all bringing up is just mm. so potent. Yeah, I, I gonna, love 
Go, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Now, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you were mentioning Chiron, and we know that Chiron is, of course, the wounded healer. But having Chiron uh, where it is, it, you know, with Aries there, I just get this vision of, you know, of course, we know the wound never really heals, but you have to actually see the wound differently so mm -hmm. that you can use that wound, the energy of that wound to help society, to help humanity, to yeah. help your fellow man. And so I can't help but think that this newness that we're having is also giving the spark, the, the spark of the ideas to shift our way of thinking around yeah. our wounds. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget the sun, that sun is in the 11th house. So just what you, you know, uh, adding on to what you said, it, it's, it's, uh, we're all in this together. This is the, yeah. the house of humanity. It's collective, it's social. It's, um, you know, we're all in this together. We, we got to look after one another. Right. Uh, I mean, um, look at what mm -hmm. we just did with the guns. With the, yeah. the legislation here, yeah. that's a that's a part of this. That's not happened here before. Right. I mean, yeah. we're, right. we're really shifting. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I suppose that's not Aries energy, right? Because that, you know, we have the whole gun, you have the whole gun thing with the buffalo and uh, mm -hmm. uh, happening in Buffalo. And then a few weeks later, you had another um, incident as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, I'm so glad you brought up the buffalo because yeah. I have two terrible world crises that happened as far as my consciousness thinking. One was the burning of Alexandria, the, the library in Egypt. Library. And the other is the killing of the buffalo. So right. if we yeah. can manage to get that reunification and tolerance of our values to embrace the natural world with that, that represents everything and and yeah. and to be friends with the unknown that 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 through this cultural shifts of rearranging our seats yeah. <laughs> that that it may not be our story originally but yet we but, can start reframing ours you know it yeah. seems yeah. Like yeah. yeah, and then we look at the whole, yeah we look at the whole goal. What's the whole goal of this anyway? It's yeah. to recognize that we're all interconnected. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Karen, yeah. and then Liz. Yeah. Then so the so the ascendant on this chart is zero degrees of Virgo, yeah. and Virgo is one of the things that Virgo wants us to do is is to become impeccable, where our inner life becomes reflected in our outer behavior and our outer behavior is who we are on the inside now that's its perfected ending point right and practice so, and right <laughs> practice first and so this is a period of, again where our expectations of how we ourselves and other people behave may we may have higher expectations of how people should the shoulda woulda couldas uh, would behave yeah no we have a couple of seconds mm -hmm. here we have about a minute or so just a brief comment and i'll liz you had do you have something that you wanted to add yes no or thought i feel like um if we're not making a change we need to our lives uh -oh. a little uncomfortable Say that again, real quick. What? If, if we don't make the changes and let go of the old patterns, 
life could oh, become a little right. uncomfortable. Oh, right. Let's yeah. go with the drift. Yeah, yeah. 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 good. Yeah. Justin? I was going to point out the scare beetle was considered uh, part a uh, relationship to death and the whisper. And so yeah. it's very related to the Scorpio, the Hygieia Scorpio right now about that transformation. Yeah. Good. And Israel? Yeah, yeah uh, I think that also just... Um, uh, you know, takes us, it's the energy that's allowing us the death and rebirth and letting us know yes. with the cardinality that we got to keep moving forward. Okay. And Marie, all of you are so great. And then I'll end with Karen. Oh, oh, Marie, you're there. Thank you, everybody. It's been absolutely stellar. You've all added just Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.